Triple B Adventures podcast. Get the buck outside. Like other cyclists, I'll blow through because like that gives us as in the cycling community a bad name. But one ruins it for all. Yeah. They. Oh. Uh, but then, it, like, it pisses you off in traffic. So I, I, I keep a rules like don't do anything that pisses you me off in traffic. So yeah. I, like I'll. I'll obey every single rule just so I can't bitch about it, you know, because I don't want to lose that right. Nice. All right. That's Nate for you. Well, well, cheers to that. <laughs> and uh, so we're drinking, once again, not your father's bourbon. Bam. Salud. Cheers and welcome, audience. We are on air. Heck yeah. Who do we have here today? We have... Nate Landshark Shermer. We have myself, Juan Ortiz Romero, and our special, very special guest for today, uh, a good friend of mine from Mesa College, Nate Kramer. Nate, give a, give a quick little introduction about yourself to the audience. Uh, so, um, like Juan said, I'm Nate Kramer. Uh, I did nine years in the Marine Corps. Uh, I was a weather forecaster. Um, it doesn't get much pogue than that. <laughs> uh, then... Uh, Mesa College, and then University of San Diego, and now I work at a startup in uh, doing green energy. Heck yeah. Yeah. That was a very quick intro for all the stories that you have in between. Right. Well, you know, we'll get to those stories. All right. We'll get to them. We'll get to them. So you were a weather forecaster. I was, yeah. Did you ever deploy? Yeah, so I did two deployments, one of which, uh, the first one was I was on a MU. Um, I did two years in Okinawa, came back to the States um, after A school, and then... um, as soon as I got stationed at uh, Camp Lejeune, went deploying uh, on the 26 Mew. Um, so we kind of, we didn't go anywhere cool, um, but we went to Kuwait um, for a month of, they were just like keeping us around in the area for, uh, they call this the Fleet Reserve, and I still got bottles of wine to say that. It's <laughs> pretty neat. I'm curious to know what, what a school is like for uh, for a weather forecaster? Like, so, do you just stand in front of a green screen and like no, pretend to point? No, it's actually it was much more like in depth and learning so how to what's that? Learning how to put helium in the balloons and all that. <laughs> so they, that's something they actually don't teach you there. Like they, they they go through the steps, but um, the few times that I have done it, um, and I joke, but I, yeah. I have respect for your yeah for your job. So. <laughs> They, we, uh, we, we would do it in the field, which is kind of the stupidest thing ever. Like, oh, <laughs> you do so many things to, like, not to give away your position or whatnot. And then like, oh, let's go launch our nine foot, 10 foot weather balloon. Yeah. Um, but for, so when I first came in the Marine Corps, we had weather observer, weather forecaster. And then, um, further on down the line, in probably 2005, six, they made it all one school. So it was a. It was a nine-month school, so I went to observing school, which is like three months, and then so I had to like start from the beginning again um, in C school, which was fun. So I'm I'm curious too because, like in the civilian world, you got the weather forecasters. You, you're listening like for myself. I, I ride right. motorcycles, yeah. and I, I look at the weather forecast. I say, oh, it's gonna rain, or there's a good chance, so I'm not gonna ride the bike. Yeah, you know. But why have a weather forecaster in the military? So it's like, oh, it's gonna rain. Oh, we gotta go. We gotta get out there in right. the field. You know, it's like opposite. 
So our specialty in uh, was aviation forecasting. We do operational forecasting where we would give like what you guys what you see on the news, like you know a five day outlook. I was like, this today is going to be this day, and uh, um, you know astronomical astronomical data was very important. Knowing like what phase of the moon it was, so the NVGs you could calibrate those, and then weapon systems and different stuff like that. Uh, but primarily we did aviation. So for people like Wands and OSs, um, you know. <clears throat> Just because, like, we walk outside and you look at it at the sky and it's cloudy, there's some, you know, there's three different uh, levels of clouds. So, depending upon where, um, what kind of aircraft or platform you would fly, they would have different capabilities. So, it's actually, okay. there's different levels and it was very important to uh, to get those levels accurate. Otherwise, we our air assets couldn't get out there. Okay. So, the pilots really... Oh, yeah. Relied on you. Yeah, heavily. we had a pretty close relationship with pilots and the air crew. Uh, you know, they would call us, and then we would, uh, you know, have different ways of sending out this information. And That's awesome. Yeah. So, because you were kind of integrated with aviation, did you get to do much flying? Um, yeah, so actually I got to fly to Iwo Jima um, when I was stationed in Okinawa. And this was all because uh, the... Typhoon, uh, I guess it had been 2004, no, probably 2005, 2006, that hit Thailand. So we were doing a lot of, um, Fatema was doing a lot of disaster relief over there, so the C-130s were flying over to Thailand all the time. And so every time one of our uh, airplanes would fly, they would file a flight plan and get a weather briefing, and so we would have to prepare this, and so we were doing Thailand all the time. Well, usually what happens is they request the weather, even though we know it's going to happen because we see the, the, the schedule. Um, so we saw the schedule and we still haven't talked to this, uh, the crewman. Um, and so we called his hotel in Thailand and they were like having a party. Um, so, <laughs> so they that. totally forgot to call us, but we, we said everything. Okay. And I, I, I talked to the guy and I was like, yeah, I know you guys are flying to Iwo Jima tomorrow. You got room for a couple more. And so that's how I was able to fly to Iwo Jima. Uh, and they, cause we were setting up, there was a certain anniversary. I forget. It must've been the, uh. Would it have been the 50 year, six year probably, um, anniversary of Iwo Jima. Yeah. And so we were taking a lot of stuff out there, and so I got to hop on a ride and uh, go out to uh, that one little tiny island. Yeah. Uh, not sure about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. And what what were your thoughts on it? Oh, it smelled like shit actually. Uh, really? No, yeah. So it, so it's this. Uh, <laughs> It's kind of like a dormant volcano, so there's like sulfur and oh, like, okay. you know, called brimstone. It smells like yeah, so like like the rotten egg fart smell. Uh, I'll never forget the uh, the black sand. Yeah, you that been was, there? Yeah, yeah. Did it smell like shit to you too? It it did not not so much as bad. Um, just again, the black sand is what I'll always yeah. remember from Iwo Jima. Did you take some of it? Yeah. Yeah. Whoopsies. Was it soft or coarse? Or? Oh, it's pretty coarse. Like, and, and like you would stand there and imagine, you know, how many years before um, you would, uh, you know, people were actually taking this beach and you know going from the boats. I couldn't imagine like stepping through that sand. Imagine, imagine the chafing you got from that. Right, yeah, that would be, yeah. <laughs> well, because you, you like the harder you step, like it was like this weird sand that you know it's really difficult to move through. Yeah. Wow. So what made you choose meteorology? Uh, I just chose aviation operations, honestly. Uh, just I like the airplanes and some stuff to do with airplanes. So I uh, chose this operation. So aviation operations. Um, so there was like five jobs. So you could have an aircraft controller, a drone pilot, which I kind of, that's what I really wanted to do. Um, and then 
and then the two techs to fix the both the weather forecaster and the uh, ATC guys gear. Okay. So you you maintained that MOS for your entire career? Yeah. Um, okay. So like I said, you started out as a weather observer, and then if you wanted to go back um, to you know to see school, you generally would have to reenlist or ensure there was certain enough time in your contract, um, and then they'd send you to school again and get trained. Okay. As far as as far as like Pogue MOSs go. You're grinning right now because oh, yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah, it was a good one. It was, it was a no, skate. Yeah. It, well, you know, because we had this very, you know, we had like an actual radar. Like the, the Afghanistan didn't have a radar until the Marines brought it. We were the only operating radar. The Marine Corps uh, had a, a weather radar in Afghanistan. Wow. So what I was, what I was going to ask is, um, did you choose to, to get out to EAS or did you want to stay in or? Um, you know. It, it stopped being fun, mm-hmm. you know, and so they were talking like that, that weather wasn't going to deploy anymore because, you know, there's other aircraft uh, or Air Force assets that, you know, kind of cover the... There's, there's apps of, for that. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you say there's apps for that, but the reason why there's apps for that is because there's data that we're able to collect, and that's a big part I'm, of it. I'm just giving you shit for uh, it, yeah. Yeah, I was wondering, too, because um, nine seems to be like an odd... An odd number. Oh yeah, so my first contract was five. Like okay, that was the, like the length of the contract since the school was so much longer than others. Oh okay, um, gotcha. So they were five year contracts. So you did five and then an additional four. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Right on. And then so so how was your transition out? Did you know that you were gonna get into this field that you're that you're in now? Um, no, not really. Um, I can't, well, I kind of wanted to stay meteorology, honestly. And I, would, I was figuring, cause there's certain, um, you have to take like certain classes to get your degree in meteorology or like at least a certification from the national weather service and all that, or the, uh, American meteorological society. Yeah. So I, I was looking at this list and I was like, well, I, um, I gotta take all these hard fucking classes that are like differential equations and, and the, uh, calculus based physics. Um, Damn. Yeah. And so I was like, well, if I take these classes, I might as well bite the bullet and get a degree in engineering. Uh, so that's what I ended up doing and on the path to. I guess still got one more year. Okay. And you're going to school at uh, USD, correct? Yeah. Nice. And what do you think of the school? How do you like it? I like it. I like the small class sizes. Um, it's nice. They're good to veterans. They have a good veteran program. And so yeah. they have a good uh, SVO over there? Yeah. I was about to say, any, any comparisons to Mesa? Because you were you were pretty active with me in uh, the Mesa SVO also. So. Yeah, no, the SVO is strong over there too, and a lot of the Mesa guys that transitioned, um, you know, are, are still active in that nice. SVO. Dude, I just had, I, I think I just had a moment Send where um, a buddy of mine years ago wanted me actually to wanted to introduce me to you. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure. You know uh, Calder Epps? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, Calder Epps wanted wanted to introduce me years ago, and, and I never connected it. Now now we're connected ah, through huh. through Juan. Yeah, so Calder, Calder is... Um, he's air crew, too. Yeah, he's search and rescue. Yeah. He's an instructor. And uh, met him through the SVO at Selva Western College, and then he wrote me into being on the Navy Yacht Club. Oh, nice. And, oh, you uh, sail, too? Um, I, I don't sail, but, um, I love being on the water. 
I love like I love being a worker bee, you know. So right. so if they say, hey, get out on the water and pull this rope, yeah, I'll gladly pull the rope if if I get to chill on your boat and drink some beer and right. you know Heck get out on the yeah. water. Yeah, uh, I can feel too. That's uh, that's funny. It's funny. I'm just making that connection now. I didn't know that you sailed, Nate. Yeah, as soon as I got out to California, actually, I was going through a divorce. And uh, so that's a whole other story and another podcast. How many times were you married? I just once. And that was, did you get married in the military and because of the military? Um, or did it play a factor like it did? Oh, yeah, of course it played a factor. <laughs> I mean, because how, how do they expect like people to have a relationship if you're like living in this barracks and you're like you're living you this, issued this the spouse kind of, to begin with right so or <laughs> this weird isolated life where you're or some ways you're sheltered and in other ways you're exposed to a lot of things and, and yeah. it's really a strange dichotomy but yeah i i mean you know there's an accelerator to that you know just so you can live off base and get to know somebody really because they you know um before the during a deployment like you you have or you email a lot and you don't have like you know, that face-to-face interaction that it really takes to get to know somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so how old were you when you when you joined? Uh, I was 22. Okay. Yeah, so I, uh, I actually... So I, a little bit older than most, yeah, but I, not too old. I actually went to a uh, kind of like a technical school for to get your pilot's license. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so, but September 11th happened <laughs> shortly after that. So the whole airline industry kind of bottom fell out. Yeah. So did you ever think about becoming a pilot in the military? I did. Well, that was like, that was, you know, my initial goal. And then, because uh, obviously, you know, recruiters say, oh, you can go to school while you're in. It'll be really easy. Not in my MOS. Like, as it, it's, it's weird as a schedule we had. And uh, quite frankly, I mean, I wasn't ready. And, yeah. You know. And nothing's easy in the military. No. No. Yeah. Especially, especially classes, extra classes and. And all that, I can I can only imagine for for the Marines. I've heard they make everything more difficult than it needs to be. Pretty much, like I I, I can't like think of where it's like oh yeah that made sense. Like I saw an acronym <laughs> I saw an acronym the other day for uh, USMC is like uncomplicated shit. Making uncomplicated, uncomplicated. shit since like seventeen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So funny. We'll never understand why either, but. My, I remember my drill instructor would always say it has a purpose. And then I think the rest of that story is just like faith in the purpose. Like eventually we'll find out why you're doing shit this way. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. I remember on Fatima, um, they were re- renovating our building. So we moved into a building that's going to get de- demolished mm-hmm. as soon as we were move out back into our original building. So we're hanging out working, you know, we'd work all around the clock. So, We'd see people like come first thing in the morning or leave late at night. One morning, some CB guys came and they're like, they got out stupid early. They're out there like four or something like that. Um, but they started laying like squaring up for to lay a new sidewalk. And we're like, guys, this building is gonna get demolished as soon as we leave. What's going on? It's like, oh yeah, this paperwork's been in for like two and a half years. And, now it's <laughs> and it's like, really? <laughs> that's the kind of shit you know yeah Jeez. I can't believe yeah. that that's, that's hilarious yeah like what else are those guys gonna do that day if they don't pour the concrete and I'm, I'm thinking back sorry it's, I'm kind of like 
pulp fictioning this. Yeah. But um, I, I remember you talking about radar in, in <laughs> Afghanistan. Yeah. Did you guys ever use your radar to help with, uh, you know, incoming or indirect fire or anything like oh, that? Oh, no, no, no. So we our weather radar, right? Yeah. Uh, so, like, the, when you hear, like, the Doppler radar, like, the, the Weather Viper 5000, like, it's just uh, a... So is, is that a made-up term, Weather Viper 5000? Uh, no, I, I remember seeing some, like, you know, growing up in the Midwest, like, every news station would have their own, uh, their take on what kind of weather service they provided, or their new, like, simulcast, or, like, whatever. But it's all coming from the same place. So here here at San Diego, it's all coming from the National Weather Service. But over in Afghanistan, they don't have Afghani Weather Service. Um, they had the United States Marine Corps, and we, they had their weather. Uh, yeah. our weather radar and so like you, you could go to uh, weather underground and pull up Afghanistan radar and pull our radar dish okay hmm. wow that's crazy I thought it was like a lot more exclusive or, or secret squirrel-ish just took a big gold whiskey <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to drink that much no um, you're good you're good so Nate moving on to uh, you told us a little bit about what you did in the Marine Corps yeah Getting out of the Marine Corps, what uh, what did you do? Did you know that you wanted to start studying engineering? I know you you spoke a little bit about wanting to take the same classes, or, or just wanting engineering because yeah. it was the same classes. Well, I but just I just figured that you know I'd go off and get a uh, like apply to get my master's mm-hmm. in, uh, in meteorology if I wanted to still pursue that. But I've uh, I've always enjoyed making things and troubleshooting things and and you know. For whatever reason, I just like running Linux since like 2008. So I, uh, I kind of enjoy making things and I, I, I try as best as I can, like, you know, like to know that you create something is, is, is a, I, I, feel, I just feel much better at the end of the day as long as I know I made something or, you know, completed something. So I think that's one of the reasons why I chose engineering is like getting to know that process and, and to help you, like, like visualize and, and create things. What do you do when you're not creating? Uh, you know, it sounds like a dating question. Yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, well, number two. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I I've actually picked up the ukulele. Uh, strangely enough. Okay. Um, oh, you should have brought it. Yeah. Did I, you bring I, it? No, I didn't. I can Damn. come back and bring it. I also told him to bring his dog. He yeah. did. Oh, dude, Swan. She. Uh, she got into a baby diaper the other uh, oh. yeah. <laughs> and so for, she's for, been... for the listeners at home real quick so Nate has yeah. a dog my uh, roommate has a dog Kyle Swanton oh but it's like the house dog yeah <laughs> uh, and it's a, a similar breed to our other Nate Nate Shermer's dog um, but yeah keep keep going on Swanton yeah so she's a Weimariner so she's like and she <clears throat> my roommate when he adopted or he didn't adopt her um <laughs> Uh, when he got her, he had to fill out a very long questionnaire, and so he's like really personable, really outgoing. So he adopted her. Um, yeah. Well, he didn't adopt her; he bought her. Um, oh, well. But they so so this from this, a breeder from or? a breeder, yeah, okay. like a genuine breeder. So the breeder, um, <laughs> she had this questionnaire, and it would match the dogs to the personality. So Swan was the most outgoing puppy out of these ten dogs, or maybe it was eight. But so she's really outgoing, and she'll. And that's get, like, saying a lot for Weimariners. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> she, she'll get personally offended if somebody like passes her by on the street and doesn't say hi. And then, yeah. 
It's a oh. unique pup. I, I really yeah. wish you would have brought her. Nah, so right. he, we, your, your roommate filled out this questionnaire. So right. he's he's like bouncing off the wall as well. Oh, or he's just a high energy dude. Okay. Uh, yeah. Really, uh, really a going guy. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I think one of my best memories of you two uh, as roommates, um, we were playing some version of suicide with the ball. But you guys kept on adding rules. Oh, right, right, right. The, it was like, first, no, it has to bounce yeah. off the wall and hit the truck and land in the bed of the truck. And then it was like, no, no, no. Well, what if it bounces twice? Yeah, what if it, when well, then we put a trash can in there, so it has, yeah. to, has to bounce in the trash can. <laughs> and the, these were and all then, rules that Kyle just kept adding on. And uh, was I, like, I know I made some rules, too. I, well, the whole purpose of the game was is you'd play it once, and then you'd have to add a new rule. That was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> uh we haven't played that game in a while. Swan, just, this is when she was much younger, mm-hmm. starting to get the idea of balls. But now we can't play it because she would catch her every single one. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, so yeah, Juan, you had kind of touched on, okay, so you got out of the military. Yeah. You're going to school. Yeah. And, and you're, you know, you're going for engineering. So, so what do you do to kind of escape from that? Like, do you, do you go out? It sounds like you, I've, I've heard a little bit about you from, from Juan, that uh, you all like. All good things. That you like, yeah, I, all good things, that you yeah. like hiking yeah. and you like getting outdoors. So tell us, tell us, um, you know, what it is you do. Yeah, so I I really like uh, like hiking. I haven't done that much since I, uh, 2014 I did the Appalachian Trail. So The whole thing? Yeah. Wow. Damn. How long did that take, man? Uh, six and a half months. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Half a year. Pretty much, yeah. That's wild. So I got out. I went to school for a semester. Uh, I volunteered at the zoo over the summer. Uh, luckily, I had you know some saved up. And then we um, did eight-week semester in the fall. And then, nope, I got that flipped around, didn't I? I guess it would have been eight week semester in the springtime. Um, and then April to what, September. And did you prep for it or did you just yeah. like, so how did um, that prep go? So I did a few weekends up to San Gregorio, um, which is what's about five and a half hour drive. Maybe not much. Three three hours maybe. Okay. Um and it's it's a pretty cool hike. Um, so you do it. You can do it like in a, in a good three day weekend. Friday night you hike up to like the base camp, uh, and then su- Saturday you spend all day uh, you know summiting and back down to the mountain, and uh, third day hike out. Yeah. Wow. So then, how? Like, did you do the Appalachian Trail like all on your own? Did you? So like, yeah, I, I went with. What my, kind of gear did you? Did you have? Uh, so we had a back. Well, obviously, you'd want a backpack, but uh, so I started the trail. Um, had a tent, um, and then uh, so like you're you're wearing like a seventy five liter. So bag my, mine was a seventy liter pack, um, okay. but I uh, I probably had way too much gear. Like it, it, you 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 probably shouldn't have. I was of the philosophy, oh, if I have room, I'm going to just keep packing it. I, I know shit carried, like, the same Jolly Ranchers for, like, two months. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, wow. oh, like, today's the day I'm going to eat them. I never did. I think yeah. I threw them out. Yeah. 
So yeah, tell us um, tell us what gear you brought with you, yeah. and what gear was valuable and what gear was not. Besides the Jelly Ranchers, right? Um, <laughs> so packs are, are really like a, a personal preference thing. Myself, I had an REI. Uh, I forget the model name, but it was a seventy liter. Um, and it, like I said, I was probably too big. Like I probably would have tried to do like a fifty-five, maybe sixty. Okay. Um, but shoes are really important. Uh, I started off. I actually uh, had five pairs by the end of the time I was done. Um, you were went carrying five, five pairs. I went yeah, five pairs. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you went through five pairs. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Damn, that's that's a lot. Six like, six months. How many miles was that? I mean, six months paints a picture, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, No, it's 2,285, something around there. And so, what are you hiking, like, on an average? Are you hiking, like, Um, for four or five hours? Yeah, it's usually about four or five hours, sometimes longer. Uh, We tried to do what average you'd... Like, your average day would be, like, 15 um, miles. Okay, so tell us about it. Like you, you wake up at six. You yeah, you pretty much like or... get in this rhythm of, of waking up as soon as the sun gets up because like you know it starts getting hot, um, and make coffee, make oatmeal, tear down the night's camp, and hike and start moving. Yep. All right. So you're going out. So yeah, describe what was in your pack. Okay. You know. Uh, so. Trying to let's besides the Jolly Ranchers, <laughs> yeah. So I uh, had a jet boil, uh, okay. so we would um, have like dehydrated foods. So we'd either get some, or you generally like either just make some. Like ha- we would have our family make stuff and dehydrate like rice aroni or whatnot. Yeah, and then, you know, put oh, it in smart. like a, yeah, you put it in a freezer Ziploc bag. Save a bunch of money, right? Yeah, and, and pour pour some water and it rehydrates it. Yeah, and you can store it for a good while. Oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah, because of the civilian brands, they can get expensive. I mean, oh they, yeah, they're very expensive. But I mean, like, they even at Walmart they started like eight bucks a pack. Yeah, you know, but they are light, right? So yeah. So the thing is with that is, uh, you know, your if your family sends you food, like what what happened to us is that uh, like we would get like three packages all the same place, so we would keep bumping it forward. And so, like, you know, every time you did that, you, like, at, at the end of the day, sometimes it might have been worth it just to have those, you know, um, if you did the math, I don't know. And when you say bumping it forward. What, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So so you'd get into town and um, and go to the post office to collect your packages because you could get, you know, uh, I forget, general delivery, and they would just keep it there. Okay. So you had it like all logistically planned out. Yeah, and but you know you'd mail it to the next little town's post office. And, okay. Yeah, but you know you do that a couple times with the same kind of food, and you're back up to the price of those freeze dried. True. How many wow. how many days would you be able to last on the trail before you had to go off trail and uh, resupply? You do about three to five days. Okay. So yeah, um, and you know the the thing is is that. So, so doing like that, that those warm up hikes at the San Gregorio, um, I, myself and my hiking partner, we were under the impression that it was going to be like that the whole time, where you're, like, <laughs> yeah. you're just out, you know, enjoying the sauce of nature. <laughs> and the sauce of nature. Lost in the sauce. Did I say sauce? You did. I uh, like it. I love I said that s- reference. Sauce. 
Oh, Solace. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you said Solace. I heard Solace. Yeah. Maybe I'm just hungry. I don't know. <laughs> Do you want some kebab? Yeah, I'll, I'll take something a little bit. Yeah. Sure. So, um, so yeah. All right. So you had the you had the jet boil. Yeah. So you had jet some boil. food. Um, I had some freeze dry. You had your weights. Eight hundred, eight hundred down sleeping bag. Um, packs down real tight. So eight hundred down. What does that equate to in, um, in temperature? Like you can get down to like twenty degrees or what? Well, with, with down and the way that insulates, it kind of keeps you at the optimum temperature. Like I could, I would still use it in a really hot weather as well as really, really cold. Uh, I've probably been down to probably fifteen with it. Okay. Um, and it packs real tight. Yeah, it packs real tight. Um, so I had that, and then um, I really liked um, a camping hammock. Um, okay. So. The brand's a Hennessy hammock, and I found that, and it was the best, the best way to sleep. So a camping hammock. So then you got to find a tree, then. Yeah. So you had to find well, t- two trees. Uh, well, so, right, right, right. Yeah. So, but that's usually not a problem. You know, hiking out here, it certainly is. Yeah. Uh, but but not. <laughs> you know, I I spent six and a half months out hiking. I was outdoors every day. Didn't even have a tan because that's how dense the forest is in summertime. You know. Right. So if if you if you have that hammock, then is it kind of redundant to have the tent then? Oh, you... so so yeah. At the start of the trail, I had a tent with my hiking partner, uh, and then uh, halfway through we broke up, and then I had the hammock. She had the tent. Yeah, tent was awesome though. So yeah. it was a good thing that you had both in. Right. All right. Nice. Yeah. So then you had a little like uh, you set up a little teepee cover for your. For your hammock? So the hammock kind of comes with a rain fly over the top. Okay. So you're, you're That's the word, them. rain fly, not yeah. typical. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, <laughs> I just saw the picture. So the uh, the rain fly would keep, it keeps you really, really dry. One, we've went out camping before and I've had it out. We have. We have. So, a while ago, but yeah. So it's cool because it has a bug net on top. Oh, and okay. then you lay in the hammock and you get into it from the slit in the bottom. So it's kind of like the reverse of being born. <laughs> you, you just like open up this large velcro on the underside of the hammock, and then you sit in it. And Is that what's down there, velcro? Just yeah, it's, it <laughs> separates it, and then. Uh, so the secret with hammocks and having a good night of sleep is don't lay directly in the center line of you know that has the arc and it hangs down. Cock yourself off to the side, and uh, so that way your back's entirely flat and not arched. Yeah. Um, and I sleep like a baby. I even have a thing called underquilt. That like keeps you insulated from your bottom because if you're if right. you have a down down sleeping bag, the down compresses and there's no air in between the feathers. Yeah. Um, so you have like this thing that keeps your butt warm all night long. Like, it, it's it's awesome. Yeah. It sounds like you learned a lot of lessons from uh, your start, the middle of the trip, and to the end. So what are like the top top two or three things that you would tell yourself at the beginning that you learned by the end? Um. Bam. Well, oh, right. before maybe Top before you get to that, let's let's finish up with uh, your your kit. If, oh right, right, right. yeah. Uh, Please. So, so so we said the jet boy sleeping bag, tents, um, hammock in the hammock. Yep, tent was awesome. Um, a really good backpacking tent. Uh, it's called Lightheart. Like a like a two person tent. So here's a here's a thing. Um, the tent was sold to us as as a tent for a large person, and so <laughs> like oh we'll squeeze two people in there. Um, but that didn't help. 
Um, <laughs> so it's really just a one-person tent. Yeah, it's, it's a one-person tent. Um, but they do make a double. Um, but really great tent, really lightweight. So it uses your, your actually hiking poles, which I highly recommend. I used to think they were for ridiculousness. But they actually save your ankles and knees. Um, so it uses your pole, the poles as a structure instead of having carry separate poles. And okay. Really lightweight. Yeah. Nice. What else did you have? Um, oh, yeah. So water purifier, that's a big thing out there. Um, what would you use for purification? So it started out, I had an MSI. Um, it, was, it was an old design. Actually, my dad had one when they bought out a company called Sweetwater. And I think it was that might have been the model name. But it had a handle and a pump. and um, But that thing broke twice and you just forced how did it work you just yeah, forced yeah. It so it's membrane. like you know, you know like you look at like the little house on the prairie and then like this well pump it was yeah. exactly like that except just miniaturized okay um so you know you had to force it through the water through the filters okay um and then after the second one broke um we got a uh, a platypus gravity works so it's like those platypus bags and so you have to just hang one up and that was that was better than anything that was, yeah. If I had to recommend one piece of gear to take, it would be that one. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's, you know, that better than the rest. Yeah. It's just much, because everybody else, you know, if you, like, you know, if you're sitting down and, oh, we need more water, the last thing you want to be doing when you're resting is pumping it. Right. Okay. So you had that. Did you have any fire gear or any, uh, like, emergency medical gear? Uh, other than, like, a some things out of like a first aid kit not that much because like you got to think like everything you have to carry and um i think we had band-aids and um what else do we have stuff like neil's foreign man those jolly ranchers really came in handy right (laughs) yeah (laughs) so is that is that the it or is that is that all for for your kit or was there anything else um, so I'm trying to remember. Um, you have any fire? What do you mean fire? Like, what'd you do? Did you have a, a fire kit or just just matches? No, believe like, it or not, you don't. Would the, it, you would think that like you'd sit around the campfire every night. That rarely happened. Um, that's a big spoiler alert. Are you <laughs> are you sad that that didn't happen? Well, that, no, but I I definitely expected more of that. Um, it was kind of weird. So why didn't? Why didn't that occur? Oh, because you're just you're just exhausted. You're like you know the last thing, you know, you want to do is light a fire. <laughs> you know, you just want to go to sleep. Gotcha. It's gonna be very anticlimactic for when I go on one of these trails, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so, what else was there? Any any other gear or any other clothes? So yeah, my uh, the shirt I used was a uh, I forget the brand, but it, it, it's uh, one of those Mariana wool shirts. Say shirt, you just had like one shirt. I had two, um, because this wool shirt like it would it wouldn't stink like a regular cotton shirt like one of like the plastic dry fit stuff. Yeah, or like Under Armour or whatever. So you'd wear that for like three days and then... wear it for three days. Find a stream. Use Doctor Bronner's. Doctor Bronner's the peppermint soap. Yeah. So it's biodegradable, right? And okay. It, it's like really tingly on your naughty bits. So <laughs> is that good or bad? It's it's good and bad. Um, okay. But so, so what's the bad part about it? It's tingly. Yeah. It's like hot tingly. It's, like... <laughs> it's uh, cool tingly because it's peppermint, right? 
All right. Um, but yeah. Huh. Interesting. All right. So so you had your sleeping bag, you had your tent, you had uh, your hammock. Yeah, and I believe I had that REI mattress pad or like the, uh, you know, to lay on. But once you had your, uh, once I had the hammock, then I didn't have, uh, you, didn't, you didn't need a pad like that. Yeah. Okay. You had your water purification. Yeah. You had your hiking poles. Yep. Your jet boil. Jet, jet boil. boil. Yeah. Uh, so I your, have, your I did shirt. Have, I did. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think I, uh, I had two pairs of shorts, um, and I might have had a pair of silkies with me. I don't remember. I think okay. I did. And then your pants, did you have, like, technical pants? Yeah, I had a pair of technical pants, and I had a pair of rain pants, uh, and, like, a rain jacket, which okay. um, I think halfway through I got a thing called a Paco, Paco, Poncho, much, <laughs> um, but instead of spending all that, like, you know, because I had the Merrill, like, you know, rain pants and the Merrill. Yeah. Just, I would have gone with a poncho because wearing that, like a ninety nine cent poncho. Well, not ninety nine cent. It probably splurged a bit. Uh, but like, no, I mean like if I were the, the to get a poncho, of it, yeah, yeah, like ninety nine so, cent would do me fine. Or no, no, you you definitely want to spend some money. A lot of people went and got they would get the uh, they sell it at Walmart, and I haven't been to a Walmart in ages. I forget what it's called, Frog Gears maybe or yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that it? Uh, f- yeah, Frog. Something, something like that. But yeah, the, you know, I got some. They, they'd oh. spend like ten bucks on a suit, and so when I get really, you know, and buy another one in two more towns or something like that. Uh, the the thing about wearing that, why I would recommend something in the style of a poncho, uh, is because when you're when you have a pack on and and you're walking, you know, it's much easier to cover everything from the outside than the inside. Yeah. Uh, and then True. That, that gets hot and sweaty, and you know it's. That stuff's not designed to be right next to your skin. Yeah, I think is it. I think it's frog tog. Yes, is that what it is? Yes, that's what it said. Yeah, we had last year for the three MR prep. It was raining like cats yeah. and dogs. Yeah, and uh, it was one of those rare times where I checked the weather before I went camping, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna need some of this, and I got some frog dogs. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, amazing! I mean. We're sitting out there and like hours and hours, just we're drinking whiskey and and everyone's soaking wet. Everything's we're literally like sitting in like like a pond and I'm so dry. Yeah, yeah. No, they, big they, fan they, of the frog dogs. Yeah, they seem to work great. Shout yeah. out to uh, frog dogs. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you wouldn't be able to use them the whole summer, you know. Uh, right. I I knew a guy. Uh, actually, one of the most memorable log posts. Uh, this dude was giving away free uh, tick checks to all the female hikers, um, <laughs> but he, he he made in the logbook uh, a, like a it looked like a coupon, and he was like, in his Ozark Trails tent, which is Walmart's brand of tents. But I guess that that guy would just you know every time that one would wear out, he'd buy another. So he went through three, which they're you know twenty bucks, um, versus you know spending two hundred fifty bucks on a tent. Yeah. That's funny. I'm curious to know what other, what other interesting, neat things you saw on the trail. So to me, free tick checks for females, like that's kind of neat and interesting. Yeah. Um, um, any any trail names that stuck out that you remember? Yeah. Or so like um, that? there was a so, you know, like I said before, I wasn't quite expecting to run into a lot of people or, or like have so many people traveling around together. But that's exactly what it was, and it was like you know the small city that's moving through, like. 
the forests and the parks of the east coast yeah um it's so um but this one group of people they would like like i said before in the log books every, every um and where do you find these log books yeah so every i forget what they were called uh they, you know, they would have like little trail spots, or like a cabins. ranger station or something. Sometimes it'd be at a ranger station, but uh, oftentimes it would be, you know, like the local uh, Appalachian Trail um, Council or Conservancy would. Do, you know, each little group that maintained that portion of the trail would, uh, you know, maybe build a, a cabin. Now it's going to bother me. I can't even think of the <laughs> word now. Um, kind of like a, a improvised rest stop of yeah yeah so like. a shelter there we okay. go uh, so it, it'd be like a, a shelter that you know you could stay in um and most of the time it was like a some sort of a lean-to uh so like there was at least three sides were closed um uh, because we had a dog with us um we often didn't get to stay in the shelters or even wanted to because like it's just a lot of people in a confined space it's kind of like the military again and like, <laughs> it was really strange. Did you have the wine runner with you, or no, 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 no? Um, this was a uh, this dog loved it the whole time. Uh, but she squeaks was a uh, squeaks yes, a squeaker. <laughs> That's um, awesome. The terrier wiener dog mix. Okay. So she interesting. Had, like, yeah. No, it was a good. But dog. she was tough enough to. Yeah, to she do had her own little pack. She weighed like seventeen pounds, but it was a little badass dog. Wait, the pack was 17 pounds or she was 17 pounds? She was. Pounds? About, yeah, and she how was, much was the pack? It was probably a good three, four pounds. Like, it would, <laughs> she would carry her own food, you know, wow. like, like the rest of us. That's cool. She got through it. Yeah. Heck yeah. Nice. That's awesome, man. So would you do it all over again? Mm-hmm. Next time I want to do a bike trip. Like bicycle or motorcycle yeah. or uh, enduro? Like, a, like do like a bike tour or something like that. Okay. The same thing, only on a bike? Right. Okay. Because realistically, you don't see that much. Um, like, all the scenery is always either on the road. You know, when we would hitchhike into town, um, you would see, you'd have much better views and vistas and, and than walking in a trail. Okay. It's was, it was the damnest thing. It's kind of, <laughs> and, yeah, I was about to say, that's kind of anticlimactic. I, I wouldn't sorry. think of it to be that way, but okay. Yeah. So, if you were to boil it down... Instead of six months, would you say like six weeks, six days, six hours, six minutes? What could you boil it all down to? Oh, you know, that, that's the thing though. Is like you can't really boil it all down because you know you had all of the, like the little stops along the way, um, and that's you know part of the experience too. Um, and just testing your metal too, right? Yeah, yeah. Like uh, you know, like it's probably the hardest thing I never had to do. <laughs> All right. The hardest thing I never had to do. <laughs> I like that. So, is there anything from that trip or anything in life in general that you would not do ever again? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I kind of went on that trip. Um, I don't know, to kind of like decompress from the military a bit. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I shouldn't have use that solely like I like I, I think I went on that trip um, instead of having to deal with you know the or figuring out what the heck was going on like you know like, like the sense of purpose that was suddenly lost yeah um, I, I think I still had the time to deal with that 
before going on it. Okay. So, I mean, didn't that help then? I mean, you're out there, you're, you're not watching TV, you're not watching movies, you're not out there, like, even talking. In some ways it much. did, but in some ways it didn't, right? Because, like, I, I, I kept, I guess I kept, um, you know, trying to find that sense of purpose again uh, yeah. too hard. And I knew, like, oh, you know, what the heck am I doing out here? Um, I should be back, you know, finishing school instead of taking school off because, like, that's, like, you know, really important to me to have, like, these goals or, or have some sort of accomplishment. But at the same time, I, I'm i out here, and it, it, was, it was it was a weird... I, I wish I could have told myself, to, you know, to just to enjoy the moment instead of actually focusing on what I needed to do or, like, the... So did it serve as, like, a catalyst then? Did you come back and, like... Well, because I I, uh, I pretty much had to. Um, I had no other option then, right? There's always options. Well, there is, but, like, that was... Um, was there, like, a sign at the end of the trail, go home, or...? No, it's just, you know, when you... When you, when you like have like one like this was a dream of mine you know and it turns out to be not all the case but you still have to finish it anyway and you know my head in some ways wasn't quite all in it um but you still yeah even though your head wasn't all in it you still pushed through and like you you mentioned you you guys broke up yeah that's amazing you still went through it i i'm i'm dumbfounded man i mean my my hat's off to you. That's, I mean, you you've proven your metal to yourself and and to others, and that that serves as a good example. So yeah. I, I appreciate you sharing that. Thanks. Truly. Yeah, but you know, at the same time, you know, it, it makes you focus on like what goals are really important. Um, you know, um, and you don't always have to prove yourself to yourself. Most importantly. Yeah. Oh, we're we're our own worst. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, worst critics. So sometimes you do. Yeah. Sometimes you do. I like that as a good takeaway. You don't have to prove yourself to yourself. Yeah. I think you. That's the only person you have to prove yourself to is yourself, not to anybody else. Yeah, but you know, um, you know, oftentimes though, like you said, you're you're your worst critic, and and um, at the same time too, you got to know the balance of. Of letting yourself know that yeah you do deserve this or you should take this time off and and enjoy it instead of worrying about other things. Yeah. Wow. Very true. What and are you then, gonna do uh, to enjoy this next semester after you're done? Oh, when are you done? Are you done this semester? No, no. So I've been working. Because um, you mentioned earlier that you're you're getting closer. To yeah, I do have two semesters left, and I need to go back and finish. But I I, I I took an internship that turned into kind of a full time thing. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so I've been working there. So that's smart, too. I highly recommend that, and you probably would as well. What's that? Get an internship before you're done. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, you know especially with, you know, as other veterans in, in school. Like, I, I really enjoy working at a smaller company because you feel more of a team. You're not just, you know, and especially with engineering internships, it's not updating spreadsheets or doing the stuff that they don't want to do. Yeah. You know, at a, at a, if you can get in at a smaller company, it's really rewarding. Uh, nice. Because you feel like you're actually a team member. Right. So how did you how did you find this particular company? 
Did you find her or did they find you? Um, it was actually through another veteran buddy who uh, he received a grant to go work at this uh, at this particular startup. And um, and I'm like, man, I really want to work there. Because, like, you know, I think when I came back from the trail, I kind of had priorities of, like, okay, now what would my dream scenario be? Like, okay, working at a, some green energy startup. Um, so, yeah, that's what... Uh, what he, the, my buddy Todd was working at, and so I'm like, dude, I really want to get in there. So I was <clears throat> studying uh, embedded software engineering. So it's like you know, little sensors and collecting data, or uh, you know, hooking things up to the internet, like IoT things. Yeah. Um, and but, uh, for the listeners that don't know, what are what is IoT? Oh, uh, Internet of Things. So okay. you know, everything now is being connected to the internet. People want to know exactly, you know, information about anything. Right. Uh, Even your shoes. Right. Even the Nikes now are connected to the internet and are tracking your every run. It's it's wild. So so you're working in this in this industry, mm-hmm. and this is something that you're passionate about as well. Have you created anything for your own, or is it all just, you know, for for the man? Um. Yeah, um, I think I have a, an answer for you for that. If you're gonna think too hard, <laughs> all right. What's my answer? Don't you love Nate, it when someone else has an answer for Nate you? Nate has a beautiful backyard in Little Italy. Oh yeah, Nate. Yeah. Nate, you could tell Nate has taken the time to to landscape and create his backyard. That's true. <laughs> it's, no, so that's it's another... like garden party worthy kind of a thing. Yeah. So um, so after party at your house, right? <laughs> I just um, invited all of us. <laughs> So that's another thing. Um, so I got back after the trail, and I lived with our good buddy Jordan for a while. And then, um, and it's it's funny too, because like, you know, um, I was depressed, kind of going into the trail and through the trail. Um, so when I got back to San Diego, I didn't hang out with all my old friends that I used to have. Um, and then so Jordan was moving out of that place, and so I reconnected with Kyle, and it turned out he had another roommate. Um, and so like Kyle and I had been buddies. Um, since probably 2011, 10 maybe. Um, no, it was 11. But so he he saw me like you know three three years in the Marine Corps, um, and um, and now we're we're roommates. Well, Kyle he uh, he has his degree in microbiology, so he likes to grow things, whereas I like to create things and build things. Okay. Um, so. I mean, there's no way to say this without us sounding like a gay couple, but we <laughs> built this beautiful garden together. And, um, That's and, awesome. Yeah, so it started with these tubs, and, and it's cool. There's nothing gay about creating a garden. Yeah. Um, I didn't say there was, but it just sounded that way. <laughs> um, but, yeah. It, and I mean, it, it's only when you're spooning afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's, it's actually very rewarding, though. Like just they, they have flamingos and everything. Oh no, so no, it's like, like gardening, like you know. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with holding you, a fistful of dirt and planting yeah. something there and seeing it grow. Absolutely. Yeah, I grew up in a small farming village in Wisconsin. Now, uh, when you say a village, how many people is that? Three hundred. Oh shit. Yeah. Like it's so small, it's not even a town. What did you have? Did you it's, even have a post office? It's an actual village. Yeah, we had one post office. Yeah. When, when I was growing up, we had one post office, one general store. We didn't have a gas station when I was growing up there. It came later. 
but uh, yeah, it was one general store, and, and one memory that I that I have still to this day is often my my mom would give me a list of uh, items to get from the store, and the list would be like okay, milk, cranberry juice, eggs, meat, and uh, it's no problem. You go there. There's only one kind of egg, milk. Okay, it's it's only one brand. It's Rips Blue Dairy Ribbon, yeah. you know, Farms, so, which are right next to us. So it's like it's two percent. It's whole or it's skim. Yeah, I know it's two percent. You know, there's no real choices. When I came out here to San Diego, yeah. like it was sensory overload. Really? O- overload. I mean, not only do you have you know whole and two percent and and uh, skim, but you have almond milk. You have coconut milk. You have all this other organic no, milks and yeah. So organics. do you shop at Trader Joe's by chance? Uh, I I I'm not opposed to it. Right. I just at the moment I don't have the so, money to shop there. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> they're a little pricey for me. Oh. Uh, but even even Trader see, Joe's is sensory overload. Why I like Trader Joe's is because there's only one brand. You don't have that because like like you said, if you go in to get all the all those. Uh, different milk options but then there's five brands that make the same thing yeah Trader Joe's you don't have to worry about that that's why I like, like to shop there I, right nice. I just thought might you might have found found the same so you didn't that overloaded yeah Nate, Nate comes from a pretty small town too so actually so it, it, small is very relative so <laughs> my my hometown is about 14,000 maybe 12,000 people somewhere in between there okay yeah uh, I think it's funny some people are like yeah oh, I so come like, from- no no Nate's come from a really small <laughs> town I was like oh do you hear about the other Nate's <laughs> like it's much smaller but um, but yeah we had a Walmart we had a super Walmart so like we were like people from like was that the hangout spot oh absolutely <laughs> like you'd go there on a Friday night after a football game at, and the Taco Bell hit the Taco Bell then Walmart just yeah. walk around my town, well, all yeah, the surrounding, all the surrounding towns, went to one uh, school. It was called Lodi, and all the surrounding communities went to Lodi. Lodi was pretty small too, and the hangout spot back in the day, at uh, in Lodi was um, was a Quick Trip. What's that? Quick Trip is like a, a gas station. Okay. Gas station slash. Convenience store, so like American Graffiti style, and, and yeah, they were known for their um, their milk was in bags, so you had bags of milk, oh. and you would put the bag of milk into a pitcher and, and, and yeah, and so that's the, that's some South American shit right no. there. That's how we do it in Colombia. <laughs> really? so I was like, wow, because they they started this in in elementary school instead of getting like a carton of milk, you would get this little bag and like it was this big, and you like trusted these like. You know, third graders to punch a <laughs> hole in this bag, and everything's going to be great or much better than the cartons. That's yeah. not the case because you you like you could blow air to them, pressurize them, make this little little strawberry milk fountain on the lunch table. <laughs> Speaking of third graders, you know that reminds me too. So I, I grew up on a in a farming village, right? Yeah. We had and we actually had some cash crops there too. We had we had um, some tobacco. Oh, I, I remember I was working on the tobacco fields, and they gave me a hatchet. And there's all these little kids, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, with hatchets. Like an 18-inch hatchet yeah. with like an 8-inch blade. And we're entrusted with this sharp-ass hatchet. 
to to chop the tobacco plant and not our own ankles or in third grade you did tobacco yeah huh. yeah and not only that so we had to go down and so the reason why they gave it to the kids was because you had to get down low to the bottom of the stalk of the plant and chop down and the adults the grown-ups they didn't want to it would hurt their back yeah i mean because these fields were one two hundred you know meters long so the kids would get, get out there. We'd get out there and chop, 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 chop. So was this child labor then? Or? Yeah. <laughs> no. Actually, there is no child labor laws in Wisconsin in, yeah, did you in, guys... in relation to farming. That's why, because yeah. like, they would always have – so here's, here's the thing. If you grew up in the Midwest, you know what this is about to ha- what I'm about to say. But like every – like in middle school, they would bus kids and to go um, – what the fuck do they call it now? I guess they would pull the silks out. Uh, to depollinate, detasseling, detasseling. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, for corn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Good old child labor. Yeah, yeah. You make like two dollars an hour or something <laughs> stupid. Like right. that, that's some. I'm I'm remembering like we'd work literally from sun up to sundown for the whole summer, and then at the end of the summer, I'd get a three hundred dollar check. And I thought I was rich. I was like, yes, this is awesome. At the end no. at of the, the end. summer. Yeah, you didn't get paid until the end of the summer. I had a paper route, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had a paper route, too, my yeah. town. Like, I knew everybody. Yeah. And you knew my town was so small, you knew where each individual person wanted their paper delivered. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Joe like- wants his inside the door. Sally don't even get close to her property. You put it, you know, right next to the mailbox, you know, and you can't put it in the mailbox because yeah. then the post office is getting pissed off. Yeah. You know, this some person. People, some people yeah. have a second mailbox for the for the Herald. Right. That was my newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had like 40 customers and I think, I think 12 would want it like, you know, because they didn't want it rolled up because it makes creases in this. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and like, <laughs> our, uh, like our paper was just like a really shitty quality newspaper. Like yeah. and it's still that way. Every time we go home, and so, and, um, yeah, I don't know. They haven't like they do have color now. We have color pictures on the front and back. <laughs> nice. um, we think, haven't gotten there yet. Oh well, I think someday, we're still in perhaps. black and white. Yeah. No, but like that's that's the shame though. Is because only only these really small towns are able to keep their newspaper. Um, you know. True. But what's when the baby boomers start? Uh, passing away, that's going to be, uh, we'd probably go even further, you know? Yeah. Wow. And then, so that reminds me as well. Um, we had this section of the paper called the blotter. Have you ever heard of this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you guys have a blotter? Oh, yeah. If I go ahead and explain and <laughs> see if it was what I think it is. But. So, so the blotter was like basically gossip. It was like the arrests of the, team. yeah, like, yeah. The, the, All like the, the arrests, the, the police station would freely give this to any media source <laughs> yeah. and, and I guess it probably happens out here too. It's just there's so much more news to talk about than who but got it's arrested. Right there in the paper. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Shane Shermer yeah. was uh, was arrested for you know driving 11 miles over the speed limit. Susie Q <laughs> has got a not only a speeding ticket but she also got a, a DUI. You know, the whole time they'll have all the details. Um, yeah. Like they'll say, oh, so and so was. So my town's kind of funny because uh, we're the biggest town, and a lot of the manufacturing and the jobs are in our town. Um, and so, 
and when any time like somebody gets in trouble, they'll always refer to that person as a former like hunting bird man, or instead of instead of acknowledging that he actually lives in Jasper, like the town where like, oh no, he's he this family was from Ferdinand, you know, they're that <laughs> they like you know they can tell you how far back their family goes from this like small town, yeah, you know, and uh, there's this like you know certain number of names or whoever that founded it from Germany and all this stuff. Um, so it's kind of weird in that sense. Um, but they would have like, you know, you'd read the thing like, Oh, the former Huntingbird man was seen running naked through the woods and, and then come to find out it's meth. Um, yeah. Shocker. Imagine that. Yeah. No, but it's bad back home. Wow. So yeah, we kind of got off a little bit. Well, no, was, but I'm, I, I kind of was, enjoyed fun, it though. Cause that was a fun tangent. Yeah. I feel like it's not too often that, that people from a small town get to encounter somebody else from another small town in yeah. different circumstances. So, well, it's, it's funny you say that because at the SVO, uh, USD, um, there's a girl there, um, and she is actually from my town. Ah. Um, so she was a rescue swimmer in the Navy. Um, and we were just talking. So she day. probably knows Calder and all oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah. And so, and um, a female rescue swimmer, that's kind of rare. Yeah. Well, she's from Jasper. She's a badass. Nice. <laughs> I'm going to have to look up Jasper. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna have to recruit some more people out here. Yeah. You ever do that? What? Like contact old buddies like from Jasper. Like, oh, hey, no, you're a badass. Get... You need to come out here. They all got kids, dude. You can't do that. Oh. Yeah. That's what happens in a small town. You know that. Yeah. 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 So you have kids? No. No. God, no. Yeah. Nate, no. Yeah. I, I can't do, do you want kids. kids? Uh, maybe someday, but that's days pretty far away. So I'm curious, Nate, you told us a little bit about what you have done outdoors. Yep. Um, I went camping with you once quite a while ago. Yeah, I actually haven't been outside since and I really need to go. And that's, that's exactly where I'm getting to. When, why, why haven't you been uh, outdoors? I feel like if you were immersed and and went through that kind of an experience where you put six months of your life to hike through nature, um, I feel like that kind of disconnect and that there hasn't been anything since. What's what's your plans? When's, when's uh, your I don't next know. camping I, trip? I, I, I guess I, since I moved downtown, most of my friends either enjoy glamping. Um, so I haven't had the chance or the opportunity to come up. But That's cute. Yeah. So when you say glamping, right. can you... Can you describe that version of glamping? Uh, that version of glamping is usually going to like a place where they've already set up their tent or like you have it already set up or or more so like a... Like um, an RV? Not, well, that too. Or a uh, like a, a campground like Joshua Tree where all the campsites are really close together. Like I'd much rather enjoy like a more backcountry style camp. Okay. All right. So well, you, what, what, do you have something planned for that or... No, I don't. Oh, buddy. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, if, if you want, obviously the invitation is open to uh, to come out with us. Sure. With our our monthly campouts. When's that? They're uh, planned out. Juan put them out for the rest of this year. So so if the listeners, if you, if anybody's interested, the rest of the year is all planned out. Oh, where are you guys going? Where's the next one? Uh, the next one we're scheduling. We're trying to go to Paso Picacho Campground. Um, that's a little. There. That's yeah, off yeah, isn't that where you took one? Uh, no, I didn't take him there. Um, <laughs> Paso Picacho. That's uh, over by Julian, correct? Yeah, a little bit before Julian, but right. it's off the eight, correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's going to be for our our Mother's Day camp out. Um, mimosas, flowers, breakfast in tent slash bed, all the good stuff. Camping and mimosas. It 
sounds yeah, because we, amazing. We no, it sounds amazing. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I'm not down on that. That sounds amazing. Um, I'm not a mom, but I want to go. <laughs> so that'll be for for Mother's Day. Um, after that, we have a Memorial Day beach uh, bonfire barbecue, uh, and then I'm pulling it up right now. So thank you for the patience on air, folks. Are we live? Yeah, of oh, course. For I mean, the most are, part. How many listeners we got? Oh, we're not live live. We're not like oh. broadcasting as we speak. Yeah, we're like recording live. Then we'll edit. Then we'll post. Uh, but the next camp out is in July 12th, 13th, and 14th to the Sierra Mountains. Ooh, that'll be Sierra, nice. Yeah. 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 And, and yeah, like, like you got a sparkle said, in we, his eye when you heard that. Where, uh, where's that at? Or when? Uh, June, did I say? Yeah. July, I'm sorry. July 12th, 13th, and 14th. Okay. Uh, but but at any rate, and I'll, I'll confirm these with you later, um, for our listeners and for Nate, for anybody else out there, uh, if you go to our Facebook no, uh, at Triple B Adventures, what should I do, Nate? So I'm planning on Airbnb in my place for over Comic-Con. Okay. And reward being down here. Okay. I think that might be the Sunday weekend. Oh, perfect. Yeah. That works out then. Wow. But but yeah, for for the rest of the year, uh, we we were able to get all our events hashed out for Triple B Adventures. Um, so everything from here to December, um, we have an event and activity going on every month. Um, Nate, I've extended the invitation before, but I'll, yeah. I'll reinforce it again. Come on out with us, man. No, I, I'll definitely think much harder now that I have time and and I, I have not been to the Sierras yet. Yeah, yeah. And now that you know we're not like some weirdo off militia veteran group. Well, we are in a fuzzy carpeted walled room. So. I know, but it makes it inviting. Yeah, it is. It's inviting. It's for acoustics. <laughs> this room is specially made just for this purpose. Pretty sure. <laughs> All right, so let's let's get back to it just just to to finish it off. Oh. Okay. What's what's your favorite favorite gear? And let's let's go with that, and then we'll we'll go on. Favorite What's your favorite gear. piece of uh, outdoor gear? Oh, oh, you know what? So my second deployment, I uh, I was really bored because, as I said, we talked. I had a really poke job, so I had to sit in front of three computer screens for twelve hours a day uh, for five months straight, no days off. Um, so I would just buy shit, <laughs> shit. Um, and I bought a Snowpeak brand titanium double walled mug. Okay. So it's light as shit. And I'm not gonna lie, it was like eighty bucks. But, Damn. Yeah, that that piece of gear was awesome because you could you know make coffee in it, you can make ramen in it, um, you can do whatever you want. You know, it's, okay. You hold it and it would be would be hot. You could keep things cold. Yeah. And it was light. Nice. Uh, I also took my Kindle out there and I caught up on a lot of reading, which was good. Okay. When you were doing the trail. Yeah. Okay. So what was your favorite book that you read while on the trail? So favorite <laughs> book I read while I was on the trail, same. Uh, my favorite book. It's uh, Ender's Game. Uh, okay. Have you ever read that? I haven't. Don't don't watch the movie until you see the, read that book. And it's okay. a, it's a very fast read. It used to be on the commandant's reading list, but okay. I read it once when I was a uh, a young child. Uh, was it? I was a freshman year of high school. And which commandant was it? On? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't fucking know. Oh uh, uh, come on, Marine. <laughs> no, just kidding. I don't know. It, it was. Who's uh, your favorite commandant? Um, I liked, well, see, I, I just, I mean, my favorite general is General Mattis, obviously. Yes. Um, then. Mad just Dog. be a real Marine and say, I don't know who's in office now. 
Oh, I have no idea who's in office. I'm not asking now. I'm just yeah. in, in um, So the first, I think the commandant when I got out or, or shortly before I got out, he was like the first air winger. So I was really, that was really good for us air wingers. Yeah. Um, and then my, the commander of the Mew, who I would get to weather brief, he made general. So he's a, the only other general officer I know by name. Okay. I was so, about to say my my hardest thing would be remembering the names. Yeah, like, like I, I, I can see, see their the faces. Face, yeah. yeah, if you if you made like flashcards of like the face, <laughs> right. I could probably muster something up. Yeah. All right, man. So yeah, anything else you wanna you wanna no. shout out to the listeners or give a shout out to anybody? If uh, if people were to try to find you on Instagram, where would they go? Um, if I you want to be found, my, if you want to be mean, found, I, I, how many listeners y'all get? We're all over the world, man. Right, right now, we got um, Ecuador, we got Finland, we got... So, uh, my Instagram name, and I'm pulling it up now, is I-N-D-Y, uh, and then N as the November, as it were, and then 8 as the letter 8. So, I-N-D-Y, N, 8. Okay. And what, what my that, last post... Does that stand for something? Or? Uh, so, the it's kind of a play on words, because um, I used to go by... Um, all my na- screen names for various games was N D Kramer I N D Y because that's my uh, you know I'm from Indi- Indiana yeah uh, but it's also my initials right uh, Nathan David and so the 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 initials N D would phonetically would sound like Indy and so right. Indy Kramer and so I was like well that's stupid and so <laughs> I don't want to put my last name out there uh, yeah and then I uh, I did um, yeah actually now that you mention that you don't want to put your stuff out there right so you're, i did you're, I, you're pretty good man at, I at hiding I yourself eight. yeah you know i just uh, don't want to be found unless somebody wants to find me well that's, I, I that's a rarity yeah because uh i actually tried to find you i tried to find information on you for the podcast purposes and dude you're you're almost a ghost out there that's that's you impressive you I join me on linkedin i i appreciate i was, I was about to say yeah you're on linkedin that's what gave you away yeah, that's what gave you out. No, I used to have a website for the trail. Um, that got, I took that down. Yeah, um, I know. I couldn't find anything. Really? Yeah. What was, what I did was not the purpose look on of that website? No, it was, it was for the trail. Uh, my hiking partner and I were kind of doing it for charity. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. What, kind what of, was uh? uh yeah. oh, I'm sorry. What was your uh, trail name, by the way? Mr. Toad. <laughs> <laughs> and why? Why is that? Um, we really like Disney, and um, there's. Mr. Toad, right? Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, but the the movie version of that, he kind of obsesses about things, and sometimes I've been known to do that. Uh, and so he obsesses about this car, and his eyes go nuts, and kind of, <laughs> that's all he can think about. Okay, all right. So so yeah, you gave a shout out to your to your Instagram. You told folks that uh, they could find you on LinkedIn if they yeah if they needed to connect. All right. Any uh, any friends from the Marine Corps you want to give a quick shout out to? You know, I don't keep in contact with too many friends. Uh, there's yeah, actually yeah. a couple. Don't feel bad about that. No, there's a there's a one of my one of my former Marines is getting his master's degree in geology, and he just went to uh, South America or not South America, Antarctica. Damn. A little different. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he, he did some. I guess he's doing graduate work there. Um, so he's going doing cool things. Right on. Um, actually, one of my other dudes went to uh, USD as well. So now he's running the farm back in uh, Louisiana. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So do you ever think about going back there or do you want to you stay put in uh, 
back SoCal. In the Midwest? Yeah. Uh, sometimes, you know. I, th- I think uh, I think the Midwest, you know, a lot of the smart people in there, you know, made its way out to the coast. And and uh, and sadly, there, there's an, a lot of people probably feel like there's nothing left for them in the Midwest. But there's there's some pockets back home, like the bigger cities that I could see myself living in. Uh, because, you know, people are starting to reinvest more money in companies. So cool, cooler companies are starting to come there. Yeah. Um, Indian, Indianapolis was booming. Yeah. When I went there a few Yeah, how did you ago. like Indianapolis? I, I liked it a lot. Um, I actually read one of the uh, – I felt like Indianapolis had a lot of uh, respect and honor towards its veterans, it yeah. seemed like. You guys had a lot of veteran monuments out there. Well, we had that one in the city, which I got kicked out of. Um, yeah. <laughs> Go, story, so, go. <laughs> um, at the time, I was probably uh, – I just finished up in Japan. Seeing my buddy, he went to school in Terre Haute. That's where Indiana State was, where Larry Bird went. Um, and, um, so we went to Indianapolis and we're having like drinks and, you know, the big thing to do if you don't live in a town with a good mall is, oh, we got to drive to the mall. Just, yeah. you know, there's nothing else to do. We're driving to the mall. It so happened to be that the best mall would be in Indianapolis. So we go downtown. This is the middle of the day. We had a couple of beers and we're going, went up. Up to the top of the uh, Veterans Memorial. Yes, yes, I was there. You pay like two bucks. Like, I, you know, I, that's another thing too, right? So in Indiana, they would have like these public parks and charge money, but nobody would go. And so like, there's no way that the fees would collected would offset the cost of the hourly wage of the lady taking the fees. But anyway, <laughs> was there a lot of people there or no? There was not. Yeah. There was no yeah. wait to go up in the right. elevator, but but yeah, I, I recall so that So I took the stairs down. I think we went up the elevator. Uh, I took the stairs down just because. Was it two bucks to get up and two bucks to go down? Uh, yeah, it was two dollars <laughs> for the stairs and two dollars <laughs> for the whatever uh, for the elevator. But wow. So we took the stairs down, and we, we were skipping stairs, you know, because they were kind of like close together. Um, it was very narrow. Yeah. And she, this lady down at the bottom, and she was young, like, but probably 16 17 and she's like you better not be and so she's yelling at us, like, <laughs> don't like skip stairs and don't jump down the stairs so we're like okay we're not and we're keep doing it so i got down to the bottom she told me to never come back <laughs> and i was like you can't that's my monument <laughs> I, I can picture your like comical arrogance too like uh well this is my monument yeah, so yeah this is i'll be back I later my, thank uh, you <laughs> right on Right on, right on. Well, All folks, right. uh, Nate, if you uh, if you want to join us for a campout, we might have a uh, podcast at a campout yeah. coming up here soon. Um, if not, folks, for those listening on air with us, remember to check out our events. Uh, we posted all our events up for the year, like we mentioned earlier. So check us out on uh, Facebook at Triple B Adventures. Uh, signing off for us today, we have our guest. That's where you say your name. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Nate Kramer? I thought you wanted me to sign off. <laughs> no, you're good, you're good. So we have Nate Kramer. We have... Nate Landshark Shermer. And myself, Juan Ortiz. Folks, thanks for listening to another week, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. Bow, chow, bow.